0: If you wanna pay for me to fly to Malta with you to play with you over there, I'll go.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 44 of Stat Check. This episode is titled Blood Yahtzee because some things happened when we named the episode Around World Eaters. Unfortunately, since then, things have come to light that um, annoyed me more than Blood Yahtzee. So, you know, <laughs> I, I would rather we called it Strands <laughs> of hate or something like that. But we can save that for next week.
0: That's next week's episode title. You're ruining next oh, week's episode title already.
1: I need to turn you down. I need to turn you down. Oh, no. Oh, shit. No, it's just my just my computer's volume, so I do. Okay. anyway, <laughs> hello, everybody. I am this, and I am joined by Nathan. Uh, no Anthony this week, as of yet, his internet is apparently having some stability issues. We may have him joining us at some point later on in the stream, uh, but for now, it is just myself and Nathan. Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. How's your last week or so been? Or were you on? You weren't on last week, were you?
0: I wasn't on last week. I guess I can talk How's about your two last weeks. <laughs> Um, very busy with work, but otherwise good. I am tooling around with a, sl- a pure Slanesh demons list for a RTT in a, in a couple weeks. And I played a practice game against orcs with it. Although the orcs were also memeing and it was like 30 flash gets in trucks. For which Seth. I did play Seth, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so I played friend of the show, Seth Oster of Signals from the Frontline fame. And he just was like, "I want to play this meme list." And I was like, "Well, this will be the first time I've ever played this." Lanesh Jeremy's on the show, so
1: nobody pinged that the show is live in Discord. Give me one second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do that. This is the this is what happens when several adults decide not to be on it and in an evening. Basically, is nobody gets pinged and nobody knows when anything is going to happen. Nobody, like nobody knows how it, what what is going on
1: at all ever.
0: No, but yeah. So I played. Uh, a pure slanesh demons list that tim penny helped me help me make and then told me how to run <laughs> and then i ran it at seth and it it managed to win turns out that Shelaxi is real good at just murdering random nonsense in melee combat who knew and that being able to warp locus in keepers is also very good <laughs> well what, what level <laughs> of degeneracy
1: is a Shelaxi and more keepers list
0: Uh, So the list is Shalaxy, another Keeper of Secrets with the plus two to charges uh, enhancement. So out of a six-inch charge, it's like a four-inch charge out of Deep Strike, or you can just do whatever. And then it's two units of fiends, 50 demonettes, and uh, a chariot to hold the back objective, two infernal enrapturesses, which are the harps, and one herald. Uh, Those
1: hearts are also work focuses, by the way, for anybody at home who is worried that just Shalaxi might die too easily.
0: Yes. Well, fortunately, the Herald is just a tiny-ass infantry character, and she ran into the middle with a 10-mana Demonets and just summoned Shalaxi into the center of the field. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out that Grots have really low leadership, and if they're right next to the um, the border of a, of a deployment zone, you can drop a 10-mana Demonets four inches away from them just you know demon yep, things sure um and it's then fun. they ch- they charge in and then suddenly grots go from like ones and twos on their failed leadership test attrition to ones twos and threes and they just all run away
1: you can make it ones twos threes and fours of the new Balakor.
0: or if they're i guess if they're under half strength then they're ones Under half strength they'd be ones to fives yeah excellent they just always run at that point and to be fair At that point, you probably would want to run. But Shalaxi killed a war boss, two trucks, bad rock, like eight flash kits by herself. Mostly because minus one to wound and minus one to hit in melee combat is real funny. Suddenly, nobody is hurting her
1: at all. I heard you also won your local league with iron hands. I did.
0: I I I played the thousand (laughs) points. phase of our competitive league with an a list that Innes gave me because i was like what do i play and it's like here's a thousand points of terrible things to do to your locals and i went six and oh from the six different rounds of the first phase and won the first phase of the league locally and i'm playing iron hands again for phase two uh, again with innes's list because i have no shame and i will net list
1: I don't care. There's prizes for them, Crusade Leagues and Nathan's
0: Parts. No, this is a comp league, so people are, in theory, also playing competitive 40k with me. Um, that, that is a load-bearing, in theory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of them are, a lot of new players join these leagues, and there are a lot of people trying out new armies, because it starts at 1,000 points. So I just brought, like, the best 1,000 points, and I just kind of nuked people off the table, which was perhaps rude of me. You know, Nah, it's skill issue, right? They should have just played, played around it with a list designed to buy one of the best players in the world for me. Obviously, I had no advantages. Nah, no need. As for myself,
1: uh, fairly quiet week for me. I ran a major and played in a major uh, with White Scars, which was really weird. Um, running a major is a new experience for me. I've run big events. so I've run a big team event before, but nothing quite like this one, singles, and it went completely smoothly. So massive thanks to everybody who was there. Um, it was a super experience. I managed to go 4 and one with uh, 20 White Scars, terminators and Goleman. Um, the list was terrible, just straight up awful. But a lot of people don't have a game plan when you say, okay, I'm going to punch you in the face really fast. Can you recover? Um, and when people, you know, don't know what white scars do, then they underestimate that. The answer is not a lot, which was quite fun. Um, Dolomyn got to do some cool things, was the best shooting unit in my army, which is always incredible. When you're like, okay, so this is my shooting phase. I'm going to fire... This multi melter and Gulliman and a crack grenade, and then they'll lose like three <laughs> models to Gulliman, and they'll be
0: like, "Oh my God, your shooting face was great. You told me you didn't shoot." And I'm like, "Buddy, please." I threw one crack grenade, and then Gulliman used his like rapid fire gun or whatever to fire. It's four when shots. Gulliman
1: like turn one in my my game one against Space Wolves, like picked up three Wolf Guard. <laughs> so That's like, not how anything is supposed <laughs> to work. Three shots, three hits, three wounds, <laughs> three failed four apps. What if, what if you just lost, you know, the squad to Gulliman for no reason? Um, it was cr- and then the last winter storm killed two Wolfen. And- oh, God. <laughs> I'm just like, this is making this a lot easier for me um, Yeah, but yeah um, <laughs> Anyway, so I ended up losing in game or I ended up drawing in game five to Fraser on his demons uh, It turns out not a lot of answers for scar brands and a face cap of thirst and white scars besides charge it and that's unreliable at best um, So, yeah, uh, overall, great time. Um, Brian managed to pick up his first Scottish event win ever uh, with his Hail of Doom Eldar. Uh, So massive thanks to friend of the show, Brian, um, for for sticking it out for the full six rounds. Nathan froze for a second. and I was really worried I was going to be solo showing, which was just not happening. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, nobody on the planet needs a solo in this show. (laughs) You could just talk at my picture. It'd be fine. I I could. You're right. I, I would rather not. Um, but yeah, no, that that's mostly been my week. Um, I've got a little RTD this weekend, so I'm painting up some Tyranids for that, because it's going to be my last event of ninth edition, I think, um, where I will be playing a Behemoth Tyranus list, because that's what my Tyranids <laughs> are painted as. They're painted as Behemoth, so I was like, well, I'm just going to play Behemoth. So I've crammed in a bunch of stuff that I don't think is very good, uh, and then I fit it around the mold of, what if I just have the two walk that maybe do damage if they ever get there. What's the secondary game plan? Um, so we're going with that. I've got 15 gene <laughs> stealers. It's going to be really weird. Uh, oh, gene
0: stealers in a regular tier in Steelers. list. Three by wow. five gene stealers. Yeah, man. I am trying. It's going to be great. <laughs> I, I heard the word gene stealers outside of a cult's list and was very confused. Yeah, I my list is sorry, like I have right. no
1: zone tropes, no venom tropes. Uh, I've got a Maliceptor, <laughs> two Hive Tyrants, two Carnifex.
0: Just like a, a freaking sprinkling, a potpourri. I of basically went monsters. through I'm
1: gonna try and use as much of my like old metal stuff as possible. So I've got uh, my oh. forge roll hive tyrant, my metal hive tyrant, three forge, three um metal tyrant guard. I've then got the parasite with three forge with some forge roll grippers to spawn. I've got um, ten Metal Gargoyles to run.
0: Uh, <laughs> I've got I love that somehow the youngest person of this podcast has miniatures older than he is yep. that he's going to play. I'm gonna have five
1: of the OG tyranids, um Gene sealers, five of the like current ones, and five of the Space Hulk ones for squad markings. It's gonna be great.
0: <laughs> Those Forge World Rippers are the best, though. the The like regular plastic ones are kind of garbage comparatively. The Forge World ones are so nice. Yeah, they they are very nice models.
1: Um, I'm looking forward to seeing like the new Rippers from Leviathan and stuff like that. But I don't know if I'll be able to bring myself to use them over the Forger ones. I have six of them. They are lovely, lovely models.
0: I hope they're I mean, terrible
1: so I don't have to finish painting the other four, but you know.
0: We have like that one really blurry photo that somebody like enhanced five times of the new rippers. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like hiding in the back of a photo with some with some garbage. I think we got a full picture of them when they actually previewed the box, didn't they? I don't think so. I'm like
1: 23% sure. <laughs>
0: Maybe, maybe. Um, I guess we can talk about stats then. It's a really quiet week, so it's really going to be funny because me and Innes will probably just hype on some 10th pre- previews Yeah, we're just going to talk, well, this, so this week, guys,
1: we're going to do some general <laughs> talk about some 10th previews after you do the stats league, and then we're probably just going to do like 40 minutes of show questions, round out mm-hmm. in the clean hour, or clean 90 minutes as usual.
0: I have a hilarious amount of math to talk about, too, that Cliff did, so that's going to be fun. You know, we've
1: we'll just prob- like we've just like seen the rippers, I'm pretty sure. All right.
0: Well, for this week, while well, innis looks for that image of yeah, a they're just score. in the pre- they're just in the promo pictures. Chill out. Guys. Were they? Oh yeah. Damn. I don't remember seeing them. One ripper base.
1: One uh, base at the top right corner. Is <laughs> very I guess I I guess
0: it's, I missed it. I guess it's like I right
1: it. next to the Venom Crawler thing. So
0: <laughs> the Venom Crawler thing is my favorite. It's definitely a Tyranid Swarm, ate a Venom crawler and was like, you know what? Why not? And threw out the psychophage or whatever oh, it's so called. Your cat is just going to town. <laughs> yeah, he does that. People said they wanted more cat talk, so or cat podcast or something like that. Let's almost. do this not, cat. Let, let's just get on. Let's do it before we <laughs> generate. So it it was a really quiet weekend. There were only six events this weekend. So I'm just gonna kind of blaze through these essentially because there's not really a lot to talk about. Um, in first place, just because I think it's funny to mention is white scars (laughs) with a 90% win rate (laughs) because, um, they won four games and drew one and that counts as a half win. So it's a 90% win rate. Uh, there was only one player for them this weekend, (laughs) And they have an overrep of 12.88 because they top forward so congratulations to Ennis with his overrep of almost 13 because he by himself top four five, as the only white scars player for the weekend what what's the what's
1: the um uh,
0: like the the, the arcs of Oldman win rate right, for white scars I actually have it up I can pull it up give me two seconds while I grab the dashboard wee. <laughs> White Scars, 49%. 49%. It's,
1: it's
0: quite nice. <laughs> yep. Yes, Innis was in, like, the top four, so he he qualifies for that. So you got a 13 overrep and a broke the faction by himself. Congratulations, Innis. Everybody, just Terminators. They're, they're good. It's a cool day to yep. <laughs> And just because this weekend had so little participation from people there's like three under 10 rep, like number of player factions at the top and we don't hit one over 10 until fourth place uh the next two are gene stealer colt which had four players and a 61 percent win rate and a, a single top four for a 3.2 over rep
1: three of them by event and none of them top forward so it was the other guy
0: yeah and then death guard which had six players and a top four and uh 2.15 over rep neither of those numbers are probably representative although well, the gs to the cult might kind of be a little bit representative of yeah, that's the what we just
1: actually are just a small a quiet week right
0: yeah uh and then we finally get into the actual like meaningful statistics for the week oh you mean the uh, first
1: place one wasn't meaningful
0: i'm hard no i even color coded it really it really wasn't um chaos demons are the number one faction with over 10 people playing it this weekend <laughs> For five they were 17 Demons players for a 5.5% meta representation. They had a win rate of wow, I just got myself very confused in my own table. Good job, Nathan. Um a 58.6, 60.6% win rate, two event wins, three top fours, six top tens, and an overall over of two point two seven. Which means Chaos Demons, real good. I know people definitely didn't ever believe that they were good for some reason. But Chaos Demons might be actually good. No, that book is um, one-dimensional and has no play. And it will just end up being a terrible long one. Um, yep. It just definitely awful. doesn't
1: have some wild powerful and amazing secondaries.
0: No, it definitely doesn't have two secondaries that I think are just absolutely broken. <laughs> Uh, one for definite.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the other one you were talking about is. So uh, I know.
0: guess there's one broken one, and then there's like one really good one situationally. Do you mean the action on the action one? The action one is situationally. Yeah, it's, it's only very okay. Good. You have to live, which
1: means that outside of like player place terrain, it's actually not that great. Um, yeah, that's fair. Because you have like I mean, most most terrain formats will have an objective that you have to like be in the open to stand on, and it's difficult to do that without characters, and then. It's hard to keep a target right. alive if it's also the like it's all, so
0: Yes, but Reality Rebels, on the other hand, very good. <laughs> uh, Iron Hands were right below Chaos Demons, 14 players, 4.5% 4. meta representation. They had a 58.6% win rate, and then they had one event win, three top fours, and four top tens for a 2.76 over rep for the weekend iron hands like we said before are going okay. to be the number one Live i do
1: have one more event of 10th edition or 9th edition i'm going to a 1250 tempest of war tournament um oh my God. don't worry about it uh-
0: <laughs> and then just to taunt anthony the next two factions are his favorite and he doesn't even get to talk about it uh chaos space marines are the third and then world Eaters are the fourth best faction with over 10 people for the weekend at a three point six percent meta representation for Chaos Space Marines, a four point nine for World Eaters, a fifty six point nine and a fifty six point seven uh, win rate respectively. No event wins for either faction, though one top four for Chaos Space Marines, three for World Eaters, which I think just continues the trend of them not you know, the top quite fours in the week hitting championships. There was only
1: six events, right? Like that's oh yeah, one in eight of the top fours
0: i think one of the things to always look at and I, cliff likes pointing this out a lot is if you look at like the record distribution for world leaders it's like very skewed like there's a hard drop off essentially at like four wins so there's a lot of people going four and one with that faction and just not quite making it to the podium yeah they should but, maybe try harder yeah, but they had a 2.58 over rep, so they are very good there's a, something to be said about just having good secondaries and being able to pile-drive your opponent into the dirt on some terrain and some that doesn't sound right. mission layouts. Yes, sometimes what would murders... You what would you need good secondaries for? I know. I mean, somehow it's still not helping orcs. They're in, like, sixth. I
1: don't think perhaps. anything's going to help that faction at this point. That faction is just actually actively trolling, unless you're one of, like, four people.
0: And then because I, I love to troll people whose factions are doing terribly, we have two factions with no players, and that's Imperial Fist and Salamanders. Crimson Fist had two players, but they had a collective 16.7% win rate, uh, which ain't great. Alex,
1: we, uh, we ate the gang. Um, that's why I'm the size fan.
0: It's true. The whole, uh, the whole
1: gang was eaten. They could not be here because they are um, consumed.
0: Yep. Uh, Tyranians had six players and a 23.3% win rate which is kind of terrible and gross, but uh, basically the bottom portion of factions are all under 10. Somehow Craftworld Elder are the worst performing faction with over 10 players with a 4.5% meta representation, a 41% win rate, but still have an event win. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) Perfectly balanced also with an over rep of 0.92. I I hate Craftworld so much. They're so broken. Nobody ever wants to we'll talk about it some more in just a minute, because I think you're going to hate them even more soon. I absolutely will. I mean, I didn't think it was possible, but yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, that's kind of where stats are for the events from the weekend. If somebody really wants to ask questions about more stats, I'll leave the Excel sheet open, and I can just open up the Excel sheet later, and we can read through it again. Otherwise, for the rest of the meta, since the QT, the uh, data slate, Gene Stealer Colts are the best-performing faction, followed by Iron Hands and Chaos Demons. They're the only three factions who are over the 55% win rate threshold right now. Uh, World Eaters, Space Wolves, and Custodes are kind of the nearest ones, followed by Craft Craftworld, and then Leagues of Oten. Okay. i got
1: to ask one. We always talk on the Iron Hands. What's the Swift Strikes, Masterful Shots win rate for Eldar?
0: Oh, for Eldar? Yep. <laughs> you started with Iron Hands, so I started clicking on that. Uh, Masterful Shots, Swift Strikes has a... 68 percent win rate but it's only 11 games in the in the thing
1: it should be way more than that because we have vic and brian from warhammer fest at least
0: yeah it just says 11 games at the moment it's what i've got yeah we should have definitely have than that, that but that's i think the i think good. the but. yeah the dashboard might not be fully updated yet but that's what i've currently got them at for just that distribution i mean for iron hand still I don't know why people aren't playing something other than regular iron hands. Regular irons have a fifty percent win rate and somehow still make up fifty or forty-two percent of of representation.
1: We had an, a regular iron hands top four this weekend with yep. um, thirty desolation Wings and Imposters. So,
0: <laughs> hi Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy decided <laughs> to take pity on me and Innis hammering back and forth and joining in.
2: Yeah, I just shotgunned some coffee and my headache went away, so I figured I could join you guys. No worries.
0: But yeah, I mean, Master Artisans Warwind of Rage continues to have a 66% win rate. Uh, Whoever is playing Master Artisans Warded, which is just six games, had an 83% win rate. I think that's just one person. Otherwise, like, there are lots of sub-factions that are just better for customized things yep that's kind of it so i guess i can talk very briefly about math that i think cliff is going to talk about and publish at some point just because i think it's really funny so everybody was complaining about blood yahtzee earlier this week very briefly because everybody was like this dice roll thing is terrible which included anthony who like rolled one dice roll and was like this this mechanic is terrible because he rolled like one pair and nothing else or something like that and so Cliff in his generosity spent like an entire weekend hammering out math and doing simulations on all the pairwise function like dice rolls you can make and all the buffs you could get from the table and I think his findings are kind of neat I'm not going to talk about all of the pairwise things because it's just going to, it would be Nathan reading notepad and I don't think everybody wants me to do that. I do believe at some point that we'll just post the math in the discord so that you can all see all the possible pairwise combinations of things and the chances of getting them. And Cliff ended up running, I think it was a million different simulations for each of these to try to get the most Statistically accurate probability is possible for all the different combinations of buffs and how likely it is to get them. But honestly, you can get at least two of the buffs 100% of the time because rolling eight dice that are d6, you're going to get at least one pair. Or
1: There's a triple. like a very small combination that you can roll like five different dice and then a triple, which doesn't get you two, but it's like 36 options out of the millions of possibilities. Yep. So it's just kind of like doesn't happen. But.
0: And then once you start considering rerolls from uh, Berserker units on points, then the math gets kind of tilted even more in your favor. You're always going to get something out of the table. Uh, you're going to get rage, shield, Invigoration or Wrathful Devotion 100% of the time, even before rerolls. after rerolls, It's still 100%. Yep. Martial Excellence is like 94% of the time. Total Carnage is like 97% of the time. Warp Blades is 92% of the time. And then it starts dropping off after that. Unbridled Bloodlust, which is the advance in charge, is about 60% of the time. And then Reborn in Blood, which is bringing Angron back at full wounds, is only 13.4% of the time. But once you start adding one to three re-rolls into that, those numbers climb up really quickly. So you end up getting a lot of these buffs more often than you think. Like with one re-roll, you're getting Unbridled Bloodlust, which is that advance and charge oh, about two-thirds of the time. So the math is real good for that particular Blood Yahtzee thing to get something out of it that's worth your worthwhile. Yeah. If you join our discord community you'll be able to probably at some point access this math we may post it online on the website i don't know i, I just thought we really were trying to
1: get cliff to write out properly so we can plaster it everywhere but we'll see what yes
0: after. If Hopefully. Cliff doesn't do
2: it tonight then tomorrow i'll do it because we got to get this out there
0: yep cliff did a ton of work this weekend with some very hyper focus on solving a problem Cl- cliff like do you want to this a little bit <laughs> he did yes I do
2: want to shout out to other members of the Discord that helped out with this, because there was actually, I dabbled with the problem a little bit, but there were two other individuals who went through uh, Felix and, man, I'm drawing a blank right now, and Seth, not Oster, but another very cool Seth, um, were talking incessantly on on Saturday about the logic behind Mm re-rolls because that's where things start to really break down what dice do you re-roll when you're looking at a specific set and then telling the computer how to do that was a lot of fun
0: question mark (laughs) it was definitely a lot of work it's funny watching people do all these pairwise tests and things like that outside of science because I'm like oh cool I don't want to do that that's a lot of pairwise tests nobody wants to do this Um, but I think it goes to show that that table and the blood, to Yahtzee mechanic is actually a lot more powerful than people think at first glance. And that some of those things are a lot more likely than they think.
1: Yeah, you have to play
0: around advanced
1: charge basically every turn because there's always the opportunity that your opponent will just dunk it on you with positive move
0: and scream across the board at you. Yep, world leaders are still going to world leader like they do now just without the pregame move is basically what I've seen um they're just gonna get plus two and then they're gonna get advance and charge and then they're just gonna run right down your throat pretty much um that's kind of it for the stats for the week i don't really want to talk about anything else so thanks cliff and thank you to our two lovely discord members for helping out with doing all that math i think i turned away at one point and we were talking about how yes if you roll a d6 because there are six faces on dice (laughs) you're going to get at least one duplicate and then at the end of the weekend there was a massive notepad document of all these different pairwise probabilities and rerolls. And great, I was like man. man we've we've come real far since Friday guys
1: the sum of where I got to was the pigeonhole <laughs> principle means I'll always get doubles and then no nothing further and now people have done the math for I me
0: and I'm like cool Still not playing well. I mean there definitely was a person who at that point did ask why we would always get a pair and I was like okay Let's take two steps back, and we got to talk about how if you have six-sided <laughs> dice and eight dice rolled, always going to get some duplicates, unless you carved some of those six faces into multiple faces just to mess with us.
1: Well, my, my dice, one of my dice has a seven on it. What if I roll
0: that one? You know, if you roll scatter dice instead of <laughs> your D sixes, that may in fact happen. I'm not going to say it won't. Yes, two dice could be cocked, Cooper. It's true.
2: Yeah, but that's just zinch then.
0: Yes, although there's a very yeah, zinchian are... mechanic that we can talk about from the is it zinchian? Maybe not zinchian. Very sisters of battlely mechanic. I guess we can transition to talking. Let's about. not talk about Eldar. Just for my sanity, please, guys. No, we're going to talk about it anyways because you have to. Innis leaves the chat.
2: I I honestly don't blame him.
0: I mean, we don't have to talk about a front-loaded miracle dice mechanic being unbalanced, but and I guess we won't. We'll let Innis come back to the conversation. (laughs) Thank you. We'll we'll save it for later. Instead, we'll try to summon Anthony by talking about how Angron is so amazing in the new book despite the fact that he is almost asking now.
1: questions in the show questions but on discord now i'm willing to bet he's not showing <laughs> oh that's fair <laughs> Gosh, i have just bought good. a ticket and a set of decks, and a set of cards for a tempest of war tournament on friday right, though so i'm committed that's awesome Hell
0: yeah. getting some I'm gonna learn how tempest for... of
1: war um, <laughs> I, I will be taking options for factions though because i will do something stupid for my collection so that'll be in discord sometime <laughs> over the next week or so uh
2: what else do you think? own any flavor of elves?
1: No,
0: it'll be fine. We, I need to read the do we want to talk? Real, probably, do we want to talk about any other 10th edition previews then? Since we're not talking about stats? the retirement much?
1: looks kind of fun. Yeah.
0: I, like the, oh. I like
1: the is we dancing dudes or we dancing dudes, so I can put them on like yes. mega huge and be like, Yep, these are not models, they are tokens. I'm going to model them on like you know, like the giant's is what these people you know, like? Top of a giant's is about a statue or something like that
0: like this is a token <laughs> yeah this is a token i love it yeah that synapse unit has a little pup following it and that unit now has a synapse pup following it too yep and they're going to be the size of like
1: a popular popul- blast templates mm-hmm. uh which is one it where, like amazing. you know how people do like the giant green one or demon prince with like a little sword nargling it's gonna be like that. <laughs> it's gonna have an entire hero from biotitan just with that guy on top of it i love it just stick it down next to the guy <laughs>
0: The other thing is um I love that we've found our first thing that actually makes shadows feel a little bit better because we'd seen leadership for marines, right? And all the rerolls for marine style leadership, which really skews the math against shadows. And we finally got the minus one to this test for shadows to kind of help it out. Maybe we'll see some if, more modifiers to shadows from other units like Neurothropes instead of just the NeuroTyrant as well.
2: If there are stacking modifiers. And the Tyranid book battle that, that moment that turn that you pop shadow world to is just gonna be
0: disgusting. Yep, I you might so- force people with Gilliman and Navadon to actually just keep uh the reroll battle shock test thing up a lot of the I hope time. I can
1: drop them low enough that even with a reroll, they're 50% to fail. <laughs> I want like minus one for every different type of sit-up creature on the board, and then we can really get some stack. To
2: <laughs> GW finally figured out how to have diverse armies.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> want it to be like if you're within six of Rippers, you're just terrified. And the, if you've like, the, been in combat this game, you're minus one as well, and stuff like that. The,
0: the other so unit. One of the things
2: that we haven't oh. seen yet that I'm really curious to see. Sorry, I interrupted you. you no, know, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, is OC modifying units.
0: We saw the one for Vanguard from AdMech who
2: reduce OC by one they did preview that
0: because they've replaced their rad saturated like minus one strength minus one toughness debuff with uh minus OC on the
2: yeah I just completely blanked them
0: from my memory because that data sheet made me very sad (laughs) I mean fair because honestly a lot of the AdMech mechanics aren't amazing and a lot of people are going to kind of hate the rad saturation bombardment mechanic because it kind of will feel so bad dumb. for some people it's not great and it's also gonna make people upset when they're when they decide not to take battle shock tests and take mortal wounds and then like their whole army takes mortal wounds and they lose a bunch of sh- uh, stuff from it no, no no look you know what's gonna happen is that you're gonna all to take the mortal wounds
1: and they're gonna roll three damage on every unit in your army and then when you do it, you're going to fail to fail to do any damage to anything mm-hmm. except the one to that heals.
0: Because a lot of people have forgotten that for that first one, you still have to roll a 3-up to cause mortal wounds to your opponent's model. So they don't just automatically take D3 mortals. And then it's one mortal wound on a 3-up if they're in their deployment zone from turn 2 onwards? Yep. Oh yeah, and sisters love it because sisters just get to sit there and get plus the game. It's like,
2: uh-huh, Yes, I will. I'll take, take, water, damage, wounds on my, I'll take your, water wounds on my indirect heavy weapon.
0: Your radiation only makes me stronger. See the sisters of
2: battle as
1: they come out. The demons army is just like, we'll take the battle shock so we can heal any damage.
0: I mean Necrons with their resurrection protocols probably don't care either, right? Based on what no, we No, Necrons saw just article. get an extra get pregame impact. Yeah, they get their extra D3 models' worth of movement from extending themselves forwards. Oh, what else? Oh, Barb Gaunts are amazing. I wasn't that impressed. If you can shoot like eight units with them, and since you only have to hit, you don't have to wound, and they each have D6 shots, it's basically like the current stratagem with Thunderfire shells. For slowing everything by two inches yeah, just across we your opponent. don't know how expensive they're going to be. They're
1: pretty short range. They might be pretty slow. Like, I'm willing to be like, these could be good, but I would need to see more from them because those are 20... definitely gaunt platforms. Yeah. And like, they... I'm never that impressed by it. And <laughs> it's like, this
0: gaunt needs to shoot you. Hold on a goddamn minute. <laughs> it is D6 at like 24 inches, right? So it's like, yeah. not. What's going to happen is they're going to from the ramp bombardment. It's true.
1: <laughs> Three the of them will first. die to the
0: rad, rad bombardment and then they'll be battle-shocked and can't do anything. They'll just sit there being like, ah. Yeah, the know. problem
1: is, I don't have a good sense of scale for what the Barb Gaunt is going to be defensively because it's a Gaunt, but it looks like it's about the size of like a, as a warrior. Like, where in that dichotomy is its defensive profile going? It
0: definitely looks just a little bit bigger than a termagant in the pictures. Like, maybe two termagants stacked on top of each other? <laughs> two termogons in a trench coat two in a trench coat <laughs> makes one barb gaunt I mean then on the other end of the spectrum you have the new neurogaunts who are the chaffiest chaff that
1: ever chaffed oh, they look so fucking terrible by the way
0: they extend synapse but they have like one attack <laughs> and they're on a gaunt chassis so they're, they're like also...
1: enough of these could tear down like a squad of things you're like they're never making combat so... I think they made Ooh. a joke
0: that one might if it's very lucky kill a terminator <laughs> Like one giant unit. I was like, "That sounds accurate."
1: Yeah, no, those things are like the size of Space Marines. They're huge. Are they? Hmm. Yeah, I mean,
0: share a picture.
1: That's sliced. That's not how it works.
0: If you made a slide that fast i'd be pretty impressed actually
1: they're like yeah they're like the same size as oh, the terminator dude they they're, are yeah they're
0: massive oh wow they're yeah. a lot bigger than i thought they were
1: they're on like 40 bases, so like i have no frame of reference for what these are going to be like defensively like that could very easily be p5 three wounds or it could be a gun, right like i don't have a frame of a scale yeah so yeah like i mean really hard it's to not judge a new bio what they're going to look like
0: you would assume it's like not as big as a BioVore, but maybe as big as a BioVore? I don't know.
1: Well, a BioVore's on a 60, so it's definitely not as big as a BioVore,
0: but... Yeah, but BioVores also don't really fit on their 60 millimeter races very well. Although I have the old metal ones, maybe that's just kind of... I really have the old metal nice ones, and they're, like, goddamn tiny. Yeah, they're teeny. <laughs> um, I had to buy base extenders for them. Dan, it's Eldar. Dan Morris asks the question. Dan, it's Eldar. It's, it's um, always if elder. you had. If you had to pick a top army using only the leaks, what do you pick and why? And right now it would be Craft World Eldar because their mechanic is so alpha or beta strike amenable that you could just smack somebody turn one and turn two with a bunch you of miracles.
2: He already owns too much Eldar.
0: Well, I'm all about just getting people to buy more stuff. I think I you guess. should put on.
1: Not... You should definitely put turn. It's... Turn is going to be cool as hell.
0: I hope so. They have the J-M, coolest looking the new model. Sad Venom
1: Crawler is stopping you from buying one the, the new box. I'll buy your sad Venom Crawlers if they're going cheap enough. I think they're look awesome.
0: <laughs> I think this U- looks cool. I
1: think it looks great. I'm a big fan of the model. I like the Venom Crawler. It looks like a better Venom Crawler.
0: Yeah, I honestly don't think any of the new tiered sculpts really are making me like upset with them. I think the Neurogon is probably the only one that I'm kind of like eh about, but I like the all Neuro the Gaunt other is... ones.
1: The Neurogaunt's okay. I really like the the bar the bar I think they're cool, kind of cool. Same. I don't know the, actual, the, the For me, the worst thing on the turn side is I don't like the streamer killers. Everything else in the box, I'm okay.
0: You don't like the weird like events like on the, the side egg. of his noggin.
1: Like the Neurogaunts are weird, but I'm okay with weird. I don't like the Uncle Phil looking Carnifex.
0: <laughs> Cliff in our chat. Talking about T six, T seven custodians reveals. I mean, I it could happen. They're going to be tough as five.
1: Cliff, you know that in your heart. <laughs> oh, that
0: right? would make. They're going to be you know T four. Watch it. Just they're going to be T four with a three up armor save. They're not going to have a two up anymore. Well, they're they're going to have a five game. up invulnerable save. Oh, they're going to no, no, back. Is no.
1: their three inch coherency <laughs> from 7th edition?
2: Here, here's the best part. That's going to happen. Regular custodies are still going to be T five. But the Sisters of Silence are going to go (laughs) T4.
0: They get tougher. Honestly, that's. Than a Sister of Battle. The Horus Jersey Sisters do have more stuff. And I would kind of like it if they. Say psych. (laughs) No, we're not going to say psych. Cliff, every time a Custodius player talks about getting permanent transhuman, like a monkey's paw curls and like that faction gets worse. Get out of here. All I
1: want for Custodius is last.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Because these right, are the man. Eldar of the Imperium. Like, they just deserve <laughs> Alright, what other 10th reveals do we want to talk about? Oh, um, they previewed wanna...
1: Votan? Did we do that since the last
0: episode? Oh, Votan, the ones that made Votan players cry a bunch. I, I think Votan looked great, and I'm excited to build and paint my Votan now. <laughs> my favorite reaction, though, was somebody on the Votan Facebook page saying they wanted to send their... Th- their number three judgment token and get a bunch of people together to mail them to the GW (laughs) (laughs) headquarters. I would like to the three
1: judgment token, please.
0: Honestly, I think that faction looks good. I think a bunch of people underrate how good plus one to wound is, which is funny to me.
1: And I'm broadly okay with them getting pushed down to being a BS4 army. It was weird they were BS3 in the first place.
2: I actually like that they've done that with both them and Adbeck. As much as I'm sad, because two of those well, are definitely didn't need save
1: reduction guys. Like four, five of save on the basic inventory might have been a little much.
2: Yeah, so. that that was part of the thing where I just pushed the vanguard data sheet out of my mind because I was like, I have 40 of these guys painted up and I'll never fit on the Six fielding. points, it'll
0: be fine. They're gonna, I mean, they're gonna be guardsmen. If, if genuine horde
2: admec is viable, that could be fun. Yeah, not for anybody's wallet because that
1: unit is expensive, <laughs> expensive. Yeah, I would need but... to
2: buy another 80 infantry. Yeah, that, already that an expensive cult, army.
1: Cult, cult, that army is cult expensive.
2: They, actually, no, I'd only need another forty.
0: Because oh no, it depends. Eight, if they still allow you to allow do you twenty man, yeah. I guess we also got guard previews. Which you could is mostly need twenty of the... each.
1: You could need, I guess like six squads of twenty of each, Jeremy, because they could go to twenties <laughs> on both sides. No, no.
2: Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Let's. Is... We don't. We don't talk about. It. No. Nobody we don't actually
0: plays Admech. Some people then, like, own admac, but nobody owns the army. The Guard Codex got previewed, which was mostly just a preview of, like, the Volcano Cannon. Because <laughs> they always preview the Baneblade. Which... Last... We talked about Guard last week, man. Come on. Well, I wasn't here. No, <laughs> yeah, I know, but that doesn't mean the show stops for you. <laughs> yeah, it does. It means it stops for me yeah, all the Yeah, but also, time. guys,
1: Bellacor is really cool. Uh...
0: God damn it.
1: Innes is like, we're not talking about Guard, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, Bellacor remains my, the thing I most want to play in. Chaos Demons in look
0: power. look amazing, again. Like, Bellicor is the day issue
1: that has me most excited about 10th edition so far.
0: I mean, Bellicore has got one of the best buffs. You can't shoot my units yeah. if you're outside of 18 inches. Like it's it's invisibility, but better. <laughs> it is a six inch aura, though, right? It's not your whole army. Yeah, but you can six a lot of stuff within six inches of a hundred millimeter base. That's true, and yeah. right? it's not even wholly within. Yeah, it's just just within, boarding. is it wholly within? No,
1: it's just within. Oh, going to have no. a whole bunch of Keepers of Secrets and Lords of pain tag <laughs> in his aura range. Yeah. Like
0: Just big boy time. Of the army. Just bu- big boy time. Just three Keepers and Shalaxy waiting. Yeah.
1: It's it's the John <laughs> Cena army. You're going to come with an 18 of me? Are you? Are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh,
2: actually... Um, now that we've seen the data datasheet, as well as Scarbrand's weapons, one of the things we can talk about is the fact that Ignore Inbones appears to have disappeared from the game entirely.
1: Yep. Or at least so far. I, I am not hoping um, out that Harlequins don't still have it for some goddamn reason.
0: But yeah, if it's a situational... For Scarbrand and Linked Fire, it's so far probably gone. If it's yeah. a stratagem, I think it's okay. For, like, one unit, it's probably okay. Yeah, like, we currently have it on, like
1: weird random places like katan can have it and because the zeto phase blade and death watch and i'm always okay with it being in like those weird little places it's when ignore army, ignore invulnerable saves is an army-wide rule that just like things have incidentally when you play it but i don't really enjoy the mechanic. Like
0: i think the first unit to even have it and the one for the longest time that only had it was just the nightbringer right well nozzled death X have been around oh since. well yeah psychic powers but i mean a unit whose weapons ignored invulnerable saves yeah Null Zone had a downside that affected you as well. Calidus from Eighth Edition, I guess. Mm. Didn't
1: that work the other way around? No, that's the Collectus. Collectus ignores the armor saves. Calidus yeah, ignores because the they, they had the oh, they yeah, had yeah, the
0: phase yeah. blade, so they ignored invulnerable saves.
1: But we've I mean, seen like Lock Ward in this edition, and like the obviously like the Vanquisher and the the rail side and, and things like that. Gilmaris,
0: we. We saw the better railgun, which was a Votan vehicle, so I think that's the template for the new railgun. Sorry, buddy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Devil is that's... just a
0: better way of doing ignoring vaults, frankly.
2: Yeah, yeah, because it also gives you damage spill innately, which is better and a little spooky if it ends up on the wrong guns.
0: Jake, so... you can't dissuade me from custodies players talking garbage all the time. Tau players are just second on the list; they're right behind them. <laughs> 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 we're talking just absolute nonsense about their faction i'm sure somebody out there says yeah if i get five marker lights on something i should auto hit and auto wound a unit that is that that is for customs players actually i think we should just all hit with all our weapons is actually
1: something i've heard a customs players say um and I'd like i've to heard to... them seriously
0: just... talk about better transhuman on them where you can only wound them on fives as well that was a serious thing that they were proposing for a I'm while this is a
1: transhuman mechanic yet so far
0: no, we We've haven't. We haven't attempt. seen a
2: Transhuman or a Transhitman.
1: We've seen armor Attempt and that's broadly been it. I think the Farseer was our first source of minus one to wound as well.
0: Mm-hmm. The Farseer's psychic power is really good on a 2-up. Like, yeah, a 2-up unit minus one to
1: wound? I think the best thing with the Farseer is that it, it's a powerful psychic ability on one side and a powerful psychic shooting ability, which is cool, but you don't have, like, the 15 options you have to see with them now. Like, it's mm-hmm. one thing. Farseers do a thing, you either want a far year or you don't. You don't have the every list wants a far year because they do everything there. You have maybe some lists want a far year, maybe some list want a far sky Skyrunner, maybe some lists just don't want one. And I think that's a much better direction than
0: hey, the far year does everything.
1: You have to have a far list.
0: I wonder if Skyrunners will have different psychic powers as well. Like so far, we've only I seen the one. Because we haven't seen Doom yet, and Doom is one of those powers that like Eldar have been known for for like three editions we have seen now. Them. It's just on the Falcon. It's on the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I no, wonder um... if those vehicles will get assault ramps. <laughs> like wave serpents with assault ramps. Falcons with assault ramps.
2: No, 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 no. If any Elder bullshit gets it, it's going to be Raiders and Venoms. I well, hope they do. You know, frankly, have you seen the
0: them. little tiny assault ramp that pops out of a Raider? They It slide, <laughs> just slides out little gangplank and that's the assault ramp. <laughs> Take the plank. (laughs) Take the plank. I would honestly just put that on people's models if I could. Just be like, yep, assault ramping out. Bye. (laughs) Right. You say two Ruleable attacks, 2.78% chance of too much variance.
1: But the number of times I attacked with Gollum this weekend that he missed, I just, I don't, I don't like it. Primarch should all hit. Custodians should not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Primarch should just have flamer weapons, both in shooting and melee.
0: Just torrent, torrent weapons and melee. (laughs) Uh, I guess right. which of the which of the big units, like Primark equivalent units, is the best so far? Then in people's mind, is it Bellicor? Bellicor. Is it Bellicor. Ab- yeah. Well, I guess I didn't have to get down the list. It's Bellicor, but <laughs> I think so we've, seen, what, we've seen what we've seen. Bellicor,
1: we've seen
0: Belliman, Gilman, we've seen Abaddon,
1: we've seen Swarmlord.
0: <laughs> Swarmlord's at the bottom of that list.
1: No, I don't think Call. Technically, I think oh Call. Swarmlord yeah, is right. the second best, but the worst, but not well, but the least killing. And I think that's a mm-hmm. important to see. I think Stormlord's buff abilities are super good, and I think we'll see mm-hmm. a lot of use out of them, because extra it's... CP and denying CP is a phenomenal combination on something with leader as well. He's the only one of them we've mm-hmm. seen with leader, which is very different to the rest of them. That's fair. Yeah, oh, yeah he's yeah, the ones only ones one that have one
2: operative or no protection. Yep. Although the unity... Can... Yeah, I, I, Bellacor to... is by
1: far the number one, but Bellacor, I would conservatively guess, is going to be like twice the points of... Um,
0: the Swarm I hope Swarm. so. Because the Swarm Lord's data sheet is like not very punchy and not very shooty, but is Swarm very Lord buffy. Is...
1: Swarm Lord is less swingy than you think, just because he has re- he has full reels to wound. Like he actually does have a reasonable amount of damage up into a lot of targets, whereas a lot of the guys are relying on like a pretty weak a pretty weak sweep attack now because almost all the sweep attacks can push down to one damage. Oh, I'm um, sorry, I think Angron is probably better in short mode as well.
2: So Angron's was interesting because Angron used to have uh, three sweep attacks for every main attack, but they were damage one, but now he gets two and they're damage two. So it actually got better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he went down from 39 attacks to 18. So, yeah. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> so he's in randomized.
0: He does come back at full wounds now, which is a lot better than before, where he He just comes back significantly less often.
2: And because he comes back in reserves, you can rapid ingress him.
1: But it's actually fairly (laughs) likely that you, if Hornsagron dies, you will just not see the triple six to bring him back ever.
2: Sure,
0: yeah.
1: Whereas now you can guarantee bring him back, so he gains a lot of potential, but loses a lot of consistency. It's just how good that first life is now (laughs) with the rapid ingress as an option might be worth it.
2: So one of the interesting things that I was just noticing, because I was flipping through the five previews that we've had in the last week. Uh, So we've had World Eaters, Leagues, Sisters, Demons, and Naldari. World Eaters were the only one that didn't show the detachment rule.
1: Maybe they don't have one. No, my my guess is that it's just tied to a mechanic they're not previewing yet.
2: Yeah, Yeah. maybe. Or it could just be plus one strength attack on the charge, because that's what they've always had.
1: I I just broadly... I'm assuming that when they're previewing stuff, if there's something they don't want to preview just now, they're just sidelining it.
0: They also previewed a Baneblade instead of a Lehman Russ or any kind of command yeah. unit whatsoever. And then somebody, Jake and Chad, is like, yeah, the Baneblade given cover is amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's amazing until it blows up and does D6 mortal wounds to everything. Isn't the D6, plus D6 plus, plus two. two? Yeah. Plus two, sorry. <laughs> and just wipes your entire army sitting behind it. It's two plus dead character level. I love it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Disflux Angron does not have the towering keyword neither does Bellacore, and neither does the Keeper, which means that uh, you can hide them
1: Death card will be so overwhelming tomorrow, nah man, you don't understand, they're just 17.1 inches away from you they're coming, I promise <laughs> Rapid Ingressing Death shard are going to be the future, man, I tell you <laughs> uh,
2: Sebastian just said exactly that so, uh, jinx
1: <laughs> same wave like Sebastian, they got you Right. Uh, I suppose I can do the plugs, and then we can move on to some questions. paper as always.
0: I guess I should thank somebody before we do plugs, because John Winter is amazing, um, and he was giving all the money to get me to Canada, and now I'm going to Canada because he just up and paid for my plane ticket, so I will be in canada in july for playing like the my first event of 10th most likely um trying to get a golden ticket off of the canadians i guess which means at some point after 10th indexes come out i'll have to like really hard grind for a while to try to get that to happen Yeah, i I can go and dm a certain person yeah i'm gonna dm like uh yes there's john so i'm just gonna dm like the entire hive mind of people that I know, and to, like, try to hammer out games until I win and take home whatever nonsensical blacksmith prize. Perhaps is at this event? I'll get you to first place, Nathan. I promise. <laughs>
2: uh, the blacksmith prize for this event uh, is the lion's shield. Oh, that's
0: excellent! I'd love that. It's much better than trying to bring a uh, like a scimitar back through customs.
2: <laughs> we'll we'll probably just ship it to you yes. regardless because it might not fit in your carry on.
0: Honestly, I'm flying on an airline where I looked at their cost for checked baggage and it's like $200 to put checked baggage in for some reason. Yeah, we'll ship Don't it to ask you. me. We're going to ship it. Um, I'm going to have that confidence I'm going to win it. So thank you, John. That was really amazing of you. This community is great. That's all I got to say.
2: Yeah. Uh, and for anyone who is interested about the event, uh, if you heard a whole lot about the All Is Dust event that we held in the same city, Petawawa, back in March that Anthony came down to, Um, We do have plenty of tickets available for this. Um, We have rented out an entire hockey arena to run the event out of. Um, And as Nathan said, we are giving away four golden tickets. Invites to the World Championships of Warhammer. uh, And they are just going to be to the top four generals who have not already received golden tickets.
0: Because you can't take two. Apparently there's an event in Mexico that has two golden tickets. There's an event in
1: Malta that's got a couple of golden tickets and one, in, and one in Luxembourg. So if you want to do a tour of all the tax havens of Europe, you can have a couple of shots.
0: I love it. You can go sit on the beach and play, hopefully. Hopefully the Mexican event is like on the beach, so you can just play on
2: the beach the whole time. Uh, Jake, how realistic is doing an event in Montreal if you speak no French at all? Uh, I frequently go with people from my area who speak no French at all, and they get by just fine. Uh, speaking French <laughs> is an asset there. <laughs> But it is not something that is absolutely necessary. Um, Montreal is a very diverse city. Um, it is a it is the business hub for 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 the province of Quebec, uh, and in fact, leading up to until about thirty years ago, it was actually one of the main business hubs of Canada. Uh, so there are a ton of English speakers there. Um, I mean, I hope I don't if even not know native French. English, then bilingual at least bilingual players. Uh, <laughs> and Bruno, who runs the majority of the events in Montreal, uh, is actually. Um, heavily encourages games being played in English since almost all the FAQs that he uses because he uses the WTC set of FAQs are only available in English, so he doesn't want to be bouncing back and forth between the two languages, even though French is his first language.
1: Mm. I like how it's easier to go to an event in continental Europe and speak English than it is to go to an event in Canada.
2: (laughs) Also, Brian, if you go to a major city in Canada, it's fine. The challenge arises when you go to the smaller cities in Quebec. Uh, basically as soon as you get more than a hundred kilometers from Montreal on the Quebec
0: side, especially going east, things get challenging. Mm. And Brian Seapasks if how if I want to go to Malta. I'd love to go to Malta, but if I need help getting a plane it's ticket. So I'm not doing that on air. <laughs> if you want to pay for me to fly to Malta with you to play with you, Brian, over there, I'll go. But and if somebody wants to pay for me to go to Mexico. Should. To Canada, that's also an option. More time, but you're not going to do. That. No, so don't send enough. Innes. I don't. I don't want him to be at this event.
2: <laughs> yeah, but Innes already has a ticket, so he won't be stealing exactly. one from you.
0: I know, but I want the shield as well. well you're have uh, the shield. That's
2: true. I don't know if we would necessarily ship that to Scotland. That might be a bit pricey. The states <laughs> is affordable. It's fine. I'll just I'll just oh.
1: disassemble it and take it with me. <laughs> disassemble the well, lion just, i'll just send it back in brian's <laughs> brian's business classes brian will come over with me Fair.
2: yeah i'm sure both of you are going to show up to an event a week before the wtc yeah 100 percent
1: 100 percent going be there please nobody pay to send me to mexico that sounds dangerous i've been watching better call Saul. i'm not interested
0: <laughs> in, in this is also very very white i can't imagine that he would turn anything other than lobster red if he went to mexico i'm lobster red now like just on camera like <laughs> That's just from the lights of his room. Can you imagine what the sun would do? <laughs> right,
1: I'm gonna do the plugs because hashtag Skill Issue. Um, <laughs> something, something. Thanks for watching the show. We really appreciate it. Good job. Peace. <laughs> we. <laughs> okay hey, everybody in this i know i know i know <laughs> hey everybody thank you for being with from- us for the show so far really appreciate you all being here um we couldn't do this without all of your support so we really appreciate all of you being here um to that end we have a couple of options for support if you're in a position to we would love you to check out our patreon at patreon.com slash stat check there you can get access to our discord and all of us as well as a bunch of bonus content from myself from nathan from never jeremy jeremy doesn't do bonus content that's not his thing uh but also a bunch of stuff from typhus and anthony um you also get access to our discord which is a wonderful wonderful hub of all kinds of shenaniganry in 40k um and out of 40 um up to and including extremely extremely aggressively positive um health stuff which is great because some of us like me really need that <laughs> so yeah uh, it's a great discord we really recommend you be there it's a great great community
0: nathan yep We also crowned our first Vibe Check League champion, which is Sam Lemon, who won overall just last weekend. First? Excuse you. First 40k Vibe Check League champion. Oh, sorry. First 40k Vibe Check League champion. Not first Vibe Check champion ever. That would be Innis, who won our Star Wars Legion Vibe Check League. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. But good job, Sam. Well done, Sam. Uh, what did Sam? Sam played like a few different armies throughout, it, right? Yes, he did. He played. Uh, a few. I think he played a couple different armies throughout. Let me pull up I the. I think he played all the way through. Oh, real quick. Well, then I don't really want to congratulate him. He did a good job, though. Yeah, sure. Um, he and uh, Isaac played in the finals, which was apparently a good game. So, otherwise, we really appreciate if you could just, you know, chuck a
1: like on the video, subscribe, recommend us to a friend, all the stuff that you do for all the other people and they'll ask you for. I know it sucks to ask every week, but it really helps. Um, and if we don't ask, people well, don't do it. Uh, leave a comment. That's the one that really helps us out the most because it shows that people are interacting with the videos. We do our best to comment and do a response. We don't always get there, but we should try. Lastly, or I suppose, nextly, there's a bunch of other shows on the network that you can check out. That's X and 1 and End of the Matrix someone should be recording an episode this thursday i think because they didn't do one last week Yep. or they did one last week i don't know excellent one they should out. be recording uh, this week should be coming out this thursday that's our show where we talk about where they cliff and tim talk about all things about being, a, being an excellent 40k player while also having a ton of other life commitments it's a wonderful show if you are in a similar position or if you're not and might be at some point or just want some cool dad vibes um highly recommend Kind of the matrix is the other show that's worth looking checking out and that's typhus's show where he goes through all things team-related with Birmingham teams coming up. If you're attending that in the UK, it's a great place to start for some additional help with your preparation. Lastly, myself and Typhus both offer coaching. If you're interested in hearing any more from us on a one-to-one basis, drop us an email at coaching at stat-check.com or check out stat-check.com slash coaching, uh, which with the same URL, just in weird different orders with different punctuation to make things confusing for me let all the plugs. We're going to go to show questions. We're going to field about half an hour farmer to these, and then I'm going to bed. So let's get into the Discord questions.
0: I don't have them open. Come on. <laughs> oh, fine. I'll go open them. Give me two seconds. I was like... I have them open. I'll start. <laughs> no, I'm getting to them. Um... All right, get there. <laughs> yeah, just give me a second while I open show questions. Somebody named eric forgot that we have a thread that you're supposed to ask questions in so if you want your question answered eric cultist john you better go put it in the questions thread all right uh sam actually has the first question when you look at other aspects of the warhammer hobby like the lore or painting you notice the number of views and subscribers generally Is much larger than the competitive gaming side why do you think that is and what is it going to take for the competitive gaming side to grow we're a niche yeah i think it's good to recognize and to realize that competitive 40k is like the small portion of it and we've done the math on it right most players who go to events go to one event or two events at most and then people like innis are like by himself basically and like that end of things there's like one data point and it's just in us all the way on the it's a- like me side. manny
1: and tj and a few other people yeah. are like actual psychopaths
0: and we don't actually even have the rtt data to back some of that stuff up i know that some people go to rtt's instead of larger gts um in my local 40k community i know that we always max out our rtt's when they're run. so like we always yeah. get uh up to 20 people playing our single day events. So there are always going to be people we don't capture in that data, but the serious, more serious competitive people who are going to GT events, there aren't that many of them and not that many people go to more than one event really. So it's a just It's a lower barrier to entry, right? Anybody can,
1: like, you don't have to be actively involved in painting or the lore or like reading 40K to want to watch lore videos or painting videos because they're just fun to watch. Gaming content has this very much restriction of you kind of need to want to play the game to care about the gaming content. Yes, you can follow the tournament scene a little bit, but unless you understand what's going on, the barrier to entry to this kind of content is just a lot higher than the content is for you know, like my dad can sit and watch painting videos or battle reports. My dad's not going to get a lot out of watching this. Um yep. so you know, there's just that difference in accessibility. That's not necessarily a You know, it's a limitation of the format. It's not a downside, right? We understand what we are within the space, but growing it is more about extending the community to reach more people, right? So doing more outreach in terms of running more and better events, being more accessible, all these kinds of things that are, you know, the things that we're all trying to do in our own communities and in the global community.
0: Be the best ambassador to your game locally and the competitive community will grow. Also, go like watch things like Taylor, which was part of Mob Rules, and I think a couple of other things at various points, where you can hear some of those lore things because those are also fun. Not all content needs to be competitive content, and that's okay.
1: Not all competitive content is for everyone.
0: Yep. Uh, two Innis, you t- also from Sam is Innis, You talked about how you come from a League of Legends background. I assume is the LOL acronym. Yep. What does the forty K? What does forty K have to learn from League of Legends or other esports?
1: I honestly don't really know. Um, I wasn't involved in League in like a competitive sense. It was more like it was the game I followed competitively. And the pro ecosystem, or, like the, the competitive ecosystem in that game, is so wildly different. I think there's some things you could learn to take from it in terms of like invitational formats are cool and people care about them. Like you can run an event where you just bring in the best players and you try to make every game super interesting and put as much value there as content-wise. Um, things like the like the Las Vegas Open that ran over, that ran during COVID, was a great example yeah. of that where they just got a bunch of really good people, a lot of great personalities players and said, hey, we're going to stream every single game from this, make it all super cool and do a bunch of hype around it. And that's great. that was something similar happened with like the, the really small GW Invitational they did where they invited like eight people um, or 16 people or something like that and had a really cool tournament where it was just, you know every game was fairly high stakes. That kind of thing, I think we could take a lot more of in 40K. Things like the Nova Invitational, the LGT Invitational um, are all, really cool events that deserve a lot of spotlight that maybe just don't get it and making sure that the right people go to those and that you run those is like we're, we're starting stepping up and doing a scottish invitational for our ranking system year, just to try and get people involved say hey there's an end goal to this and we stream games from that because people care about the best players play everything streaming you know the early rounds of a tournament is great for you know the casual viewer on the gw stream but for competitive players like you want to see the best games seeing the best games from round one probably means calling the chat a little bit in some events, and invitations are going to do that, and I'd like to see more of those in 40. Makes
0: sense. So I'm going to Oh, go ahead, Jeremy, if you wanted to answer that question.
2: I was just going to add a little bit. I think one of the things also that eSports tends to have, like LoL, Dota, I don't know what the other ones are. Dota was one I played back in the day, uh, is player narratives. We don't do, we don't focus as much on those, and I know there's a Fine line between, call the personality and worshiping players and following their trajectories. It's so like a really good example of that. Were the last two LVO and ITC winners, Siegler doing it in six events only with six scores, and Jack doing it with six different factions, effectively. Yep. Things like that, where you kind of focus, we we hype up what people what people can achieve, going through it.
0: No. Um. The other thing I think you need to take yeah. from esports is just money. Like, there's not enough money in 40k to really get those same kind of, like, established professional team kind of rivalry competitiveness that you see in yeah. League of Legends and other esports stuff. Like, the pots for those events and for even Magic the Gathering events are a lot larger than 40k events.
2: Which, again, goes to back what we talked about a week ago or two weeks ago with respect to... Um the the mass appeal of it as well as the streamability or f- ability to follow games
0: mm-hmm.
2: um for things like dota and league you can very easily hype up what's going on, on the map for magic you can talk about the decks things are usually happening fairly quickly uh with 40k there's a lot of downtime yeah and games are really yeah. long the other problem is
1: mm-hmm. the like the problem with forty k is there's a ton of downtime but the second you have a second game you lose all sense of what's going on in both yeah which So, like, the Warhammer Fest stream had this, where it had two games streaming. And that was great in that there was no downtime in the action, but you missed a ton of stuff in both games, because often there's something going on in both. It's really a really difficult game to stream without having really knowledgeable and, like, very effective commentators. I don't think player audio is as good. Like, frankly, if you're trying to put on a high-level production, player audio is not the way to go, because players are not invested in creating a good streaming experience, right? So... Yeah, I get it, that it's an easier way to do it and there's a low barrier, but good commentary is the best way to run a stream. It's also incredibly mm-hmm. difficult and requires a really, really, really high like expertise base from both your stream team, like the people that are actively commentating, and also people who are like on the ground observing the game to feedback every because you don't want yep. to be disturbing the players as they go. Now, player mix sidesteps a lot of that, because you can have a, a host who is doing like the fill the soft time, and then the guys there, but the guys there aren't like they're playing game before I get, right? They're they're not there to create a good streaming experience. So there's always that little, you know, I get why streams like war games have to do it, and it's it's great for the scale that they're operating at, but it's not the one that will do like that's not the one that's gonna explore, right? It's not the the esports format that you would really want for that.
0: 100 percent So there's a paired set of questions from Tom and from Dan in the Discord. The first one is, what faction players are the most self-loathing? And then the second one is, what factions are the most loathed? Eldar um, and Eldar. <laughs> I think the faction that's actually most loathed is Tau, and I think that's a cultural phenomenon that's just embedded in 40k at this point. Yeah, Why people can't? really do hate Tau. And I get it. The army has such a dull playstyle, but
1: Eldar players deserve force
0: i think the faction that's the most self-loathing is eldar which is funny because they're also the best faction across editions it's definitely chaos CSN. players oh chaos players. yeah it's actually probably yeah. just
1: chaos in general because i've never met <laughs> death guard or thousand suns or demons or chaos patients player that doesn't pay their current codex and it's fair
0: um Custodies players are creeping up there, though, from the most loathed faction standpoint. I think it's like they're creeping up there with Tau to be like the faction. That's that's because this edition they've been the Counterspell Codex and nobody likes the
1: Counterspell Codex.
2: Also, yeah. And also, when the Codex came out, Custodies players by and large were insufferable complaining about how bad the Codex was. And then it went on to peak at 70% win rates. Yeah.
0: I mean, it got to the point where they got buffed somebody complained <laughs> so loudly that they got buffed um they got point cuts after making like what three of the top eight at lvo yeah the they released four. those during basically or like right immediately after and it was like so somebody complained real loud about how they were bad and got them buffed and then they so that
1: recorders them. are free
0: yep this is why I never trust custodies players whenever they talk about balance. This is exactly that one thing. I'll
1: thing is why. For is that Battlescribe still doesn't default to just giving your guys a yet You have to still actively <laughs> add it to the level. And that's the only thing that I'll forget them for is the RSI. <laughs> uh,
0: and then because well, you have to click it a whole nine times in a game. Exactly. Then, what are some good Magic? The Grant asks this question, which is, what are some good Magic: The Gathering game theory articles that are must reads for aspiring competitive players? Who's the Beatdown is like the article that you should read for Magic: The Gathering, and you mention it in your question. You it's like read, the article.
1: you should read. Who's the Beatdown two? Um, not the yeah. first one,
0: but I mean, you should, you could read both, but who's the Beatdown two is better. Um can link to so one of those in the show notes later. PVDDR, Palavio de is one of the like
1: Hall of Famers for Magic. He has a pinned tweet. It's just some really great Magic articles. I would recommend just go and check that out. Get it from the mouth of like an actual Magic player. Some of them won't translate great, but a lot of them will. Um, I couldn't really bring up some specific examples right now of ones that are quick to read. Um, if you're just looking for general good watching recommendations, I'd recommend uh, Rhystic Studies on YouTube. He does great documentaries about cool card history, which is fun it's Not at all <laughs> relevant to 4K. Yeah, I just like the guy.
0: <laughs> then I'm going to skip a couple questions because there's a lot of questions for Anthony this week, and he's not even here. There's well, like honestly, four four okay. questions for Anthony, which is kind of funny. um Ethan asks for fun: What realistic changes to Death Guard would you want to be made that would make you interested in playing them? I
1: like the faction now. I think they're cool. To, they're a cool faction that's super interesting. They just needed one passive secondary, and they would have been fine this edition. They've been kind of betrayed by the way games are sort kind of balanced rather than... Anything. I think right now they're actually not that bad because playing vectors and um, for the sectors are reasonably easy to score. They're just kind of lacking a third, uh, which just makes them di- not very dynamic, uh, which means they're pushing to playing an aggressor role in a game where they really want to be the defender role, and that just doesn't mm-hmm. drive. So what I really want from them is a bit
0: more capacity to play the patient game where instead of having to be the one that's making it happen... Something that allows them to play the attrition game more effectively, yeah, would probably be the thing that they need most. Um, the next question is in tenth edition: which weapon rule do you want to spam? Twin linked, devastating, or sustained hits? And I think I know the Twin-linked. answer. Devastating devast- on volume,
1: devastating on volume fire, twin linked on small stuff, sustained hit on volume fire. But I think sustained hits is just less cool than twin
0: linked. I think if I had to pick just one of them, I think devastating is my number one. Just because mortal wound conversion is real nice. And there's still I, the a lot of this is it's reliable.
2: unreliable because you need
0: it on yeah. sixes, whereas twin linked yeah. makes your guns more reliable. Sure. I think part of it is that specific value. We've seen enough rerolls so far in the game that I feel like devastating blows is going to be more. It's also kind viral. of army it's dependent, experience. right? Like in a vacuum, you don't really get the
1: option. Like in space marines, devastating wounds every day because you have all the moment in in, yeah. in I don't know, like TwinLink seems pretty good because you've got all these sixes to hit do cool things anyway. So getting like some consistency on the other stuff is good. Whereas dev wounds, you're like bypassing the wound roll and a bunch of stuff with lethal hits potentially. So, you know, there's always context around this. Generally, I would rather like if this world had dev wounds instead of twin linked on his swords, I think it'd be a lot worse. So generally, I think twin link's gonna be stronger.
0: I feel like if he didn't have twin you he'd have more attacks, but that's a different story for a different day. Sure, but just
1: like on a one to one swapping mm-hmm. the keywords basis. Sure.
0: Yeah, and yeah, in that situation I understand. Anthony actually is asking a question. Frequently people refer to America as a first world country. What what fucking part do I have to live in for functional internet? Um here
1: well, Scotland has some fun- pretty functional internet, so I think you should move here. It's
0: funny, and be- significantly cheaper too. It's it's pretty funny because Anthony actually made my internet like 500 million times better by suggesting a better router. So my internet stability has improved significantly over time. So <laughs> Chicago, lead, I guess lead, I don't know. He can lead others to, to
1: salvation, but not himself. Um,
0: Eric Cultus Chan, who I was telling earlier that he needs to put his check his questions in the in the show questions thread. He's done it. Yeah. He's done it. If if rumors are true and towering lets you ignore obscuring offensively, what implications do you feel that will have for the game? Uh, I don't
2: think it's a rumor. I think it's very clearly written in the terrain rules that they previewed, which makes big nights really funny. or windowless mm-hmm. ruins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what you're going to see. It's going to be like, and those ruins don't have windows anymore. Yeah. yeah we're going to see black ruins. No more grays.
0: You. <laughs> All those windows are getting boarded up. That's what's going to happen. So that big knights don't just shoot armies to pieces from across the map. Having a balance of them would be interesting, though.
2: Because it would... Yeah, it'd be... Having but you some would have to have boring, them, like, mid not... Nightmare. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, our first floor, of sight is blocking.
0: Yeah, but your second floor is... Uh, uh... Like, the game's workshop train, mostly has, like, extensions on the top of them, so it'd be hard to see some of the stuff. Yeah, you just... can hide underneath Yeah, there. so you can hide underneath. Their layout Sometimes. would need to improve a bit. Sometimes, yes. Um, on the orc terrain is what I always remember for some reason. <laughs> instead of some of their other other layout, terrain
1: that's three inches tall, that you can like a Contemptor can see over that terrain. It's hilarious.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, on some tables we did discover that on the GW terrain, a, a big knight could actually just walk up and touch and see in. So now that they don't have to walk up and touch, their angles well, that that back here. In my
1: game with Brian on the um, in the semifinals is I pulled his objective. So we played secure missing artifacts, and he got first objective move. So he made his top left objective safe. So I pulled his home objective onto the fully onto the plate. So his night spinner couldn't stand touching it, and you have to put another unit there because otherwise the contemptor could see it over the top of the terrain.
2: <laughs> As usual, the issues with GW terrain um, so persist.
0: There are some <laughs> uh, stat check host. Which of the following? This is Chris, who's asking Chris Irvine. Uh, Statrick hosts. host, which of the following should I play at the 1250 point Tempest of War event? Eldari, an excuse to paint Eldred or the Incarn, Guard, excuse to buy a Dorn, Grey Knights, motivation to paint infantry, or Votan YOLO bikers? I think you
1: should play Grey Knights, Chris, because you haven't played Grey Knights in ages and you bought the Vol Army and never got to
0: use it. So. That sounds as good as reason as any. I was going to say Guard because the Dorn's an amazing kit, but that's probably a better reason. Yeah, but you'd have to get a three different Dorn hole, and that's going to take a while. <laughs> you, just hide just a snacks in
1: there. you could you store just... your Tempest of War. You could use it as a deck box for your Tempest of Ooh, War. Cards. there you go. There you
0: go. God, I want somebody
1: to do that so badly.
0: Eric has another question. Uh, who do you think is the single most influential slash important content creator slash channel for 40k? uh joe from war games live i assume the titans art of war duncan Rhodes. uh not counting Static of course. i actually think so it is duncan roads Rhodes. i think it's actually
1: Rhodes. no it's not it's hundred percent mini wargaming but it's not that's fair world. yeah that's true it is mini wargaming <laughs> now that you mention so, them
2: <laughs> i will say their influence has definitely waned in the last few years but they are kind of the OGs. Um, mm. Many were giving it the reason I got
1: back into 4K in, yeah. in the end of uh, eighth, the start of 8th edition.
2: Yeah, for me it was um, uh, Tabletop Tactics. It's, Which it, is very funny that the Brit got back into it because of Canadians and the Canadian got back into it because of yeah, Brits. I was just like
1: at uni. Like watching YouTube on my iPad and like mini wargaming popped up as a recommendation. I was like, Oh, yeah, I used to play this. And then I just started watching like everything. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go buy this again, aren't I? I mean, when I first (laughs) started playing,
0: when I first started playing 40k again at the end of eighth, it was mini wargaming that I was watching first to try to get caught up on like what a game of 40k looks like. Cause they were definitely making like the best produced battle reports essentially until Tabletop Titans came onto the scene. But the only reason I said Duncan
2: 40, 40 minutes owns that one
0: i hadn't actually really watched a lot of 40k in 40 minutes until later and they definitely do have a higher quality overall i think i think for a while it was because tabletop tech tabletop titans were producing some of the competitive so like some legitimate competitive 40k content when mini wargaming and others were producing competitive 40k content with a heavy emphasis on the quotation marks for some of that stuff um, the only reason I say Duncan Rhodes is because everybody knows coats paint at this point.
1: <laughs> I think, like, in in recent years, like, Duncan has been a lot more influential, but I think if we're specifically talking about, like, 440k, like, as a game, I think, sure. like, the ba- the more, most popular battle report channels are the ones that push people to actually play in the game. Painting models is kind of separate from that for me.
0: hmm That's fair. The hobby channels definitely do get a huge amount of traction, though, comparatively.
2: Compared oh, to 40 and, and the lore channels, too. Like there, there is those kind of three
0: areas. Some of them cover all of them, but yeah. the majority of they each I just have don't know how meat.
1: much either of those two convert into people actually actively playing 40k.
0: That's fair. I guess it depends on how you consider influence over it, right? Mm-hmm. I do think that Joe from War Games Live is becoming one of the more influential people very quickly over 40k as well.
2: I would say that he is one of the most important ones right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because he gives people who don't get the opportunity to play in tournaments a lot a weekly glimpse into what tournaments are like because no one else is doing that you have content creators who will talk and do tournament reports a couple a few times a year uh, like uh, Scary from Scarredcast mm-hmm. does really good tournament reports but he's one person he can only go to so many tournaments in a year whereas joe's is like I'm gonna do a tournament almost every single weekend.
1: Yeah, realistically, you could probably also include things like frontline, WTC, Bell of Loss spiky bits into like this conversation of like things that have a very outsized impact on the community or like True. the reach of the community. Like I don't love the content that some of those sites create, but I can't sure. deny that it's a lot of eyes on 40k.
0: And they are influential. The exactly. other thing that I think it's important for us to mention is definitely also Peter the Falcon and Val Finger who created 40k stat center that heavily heavily influenced the creation of this show like the Stop. reason that this show exists is in part because stat center stopped existing and there was a void for stats based content and while our focus is definitely different than stat centers was because we don't do interviews and things like that we do still cover the stats and generation of stats because none of us are going mean, enough maybe. to ask 15 people for interviews a week oh god i can never <laughs> do it um and then ashley thompson asked a question that i actually think is important because it is sometimes a little bit too much hate that we we produce <laughs> which is can we have some elf positivity please what's each of the hosts favorite thing about aldari so i actually played most competitive 40k with drukhari um and drukhari are a faction that i would go back to in an instant if i thought that paint engines and like coven stuff was good again i uh, I hope that in the preview, whenever, eventually, that they show some really cool Drakari stuff. I have been working on painting up some court models, because I've been trying to flesh out my range of models from the Drukhari army. And also because I love the scheme for that army, it's like bright pink and green, so it looks like somebody's acid trip. I guess, fine. And for Eldari... I actually don't own any Eldari anymore. I own a bunch of Harlequins. I haven't played as Eldari, but I do like Eldari vehicles a bunch. I think their vehicle stuff are amazing and great things. No, don't
2: something. listen to Brian. Ashley specifically said elf. Oh. And the dark
0: elves count. Yeah,
1: also, Brian, you're full of shit. Drakari are Eldari. They're not us. They?
0: Ah, that's fair. That's yeah, a good point. Look at that. Over here. Look at Innis over here spitting facts about the elves. Only, that he the hates.
1: single cool thing about the elf super faction is the Incar. The only cool model they have, the only cool set of rules they have. I hope that, that part of that unit absolutely fucks the expedition.
0: I love the avatar, the new avatar of game models are real cool. I think most elf vehicles are cool looking. I love my Harlequins yeah.
2: army. For me, <laughs> the the thing that I like most about elves as a super faction is that the vast majority of their models are really good at showcasing talented painters. That's fair because you have a lot of... <laughs> I really but, like nothing to do with their gameplay. I really... I I,
0: I... I really like how Dan J paints them. That's my favorite <laughs> thing about Elf <laughs> That's fair. You know what? You can just say that you like their model range when it's painted well. That's also Elf positivity.
1: Yeah. I mean, saying you like their model range is maybe a bit of a stretch when some of the models that exist are older than me.
0: I
2: like what their model range enables. <laughs> ah. I mean, it is true. Some they do of have the, some, they do have some very dated models that could use a refresh, like Warp Spiders
0: that I think actually are older than NS.
2: <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, Brian's Warp Spiders that are fully converted look
0: amazing. Fully converted
1: from parts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the only model that everybody has spares of because <laughs> they're terrible this edition. Um. Oh, man, and actually, I think this is a good point as well that's followed up on Ashley Thompson's this point, which is Dakota, who's asking, what's the difference between joking about affection and hating with vitriol
1: affection? Okay, so when you hear me speak about orcs and elves, it's hating with vitriol. I don't know <clears throat> what anybody else's line is. but So there's
0: there's a difference between being a jerk about it to people. Like, the reason I don't play Tao anymore is because people were constantly shitting on it. And so I switched to a different faction because people constantly shit on it. Because I was like, I don't want to play an army that when I show up to the table, people are like, oh, I got to play Tau. Such a garbage faction. I do because I've gotten past the point of caring what other people think. (laughs) And now I just put them in the ground instead. (laughs) That's what I do, Innis. I'm like, man, that was a real cool army you had. And then I dunk the whole thing with a relic contemptor drop. I don't don't hate Tau at all. I actually quite like
1: Tau as an army. I don't think their playstyles is very fun but I like the models and I think they have dynamic options. I think playing against them sucks when they're strong, but that's not the same thing as disliking a faction.
0: You should always draw the line between bullying people in your local community, which sometimes being participating in the, those jokes can do. And you should understand that the way that you're joking is interpreted by others may not be viewed as joking. And that's only okay if they play custodies. Yes, it's only okay to bully custodies players because they're terrible. No, <laughs> um, I don't think anything can even hurt a custodius player's feelings at this point. They're just no, exactly. they're too busy. saying uh, no, they're too busy no, no, they have no. transhuman on their feelings. You can only wound them when <laughs> <emotionally laughs> you, on you them can only wound classes. them on fives, actually. Jeremy, you had something to say. You can say it, Jeremy. Uh, so uh, should
2: I? <laughs> probably not. So you should do it anyway.
0: <laughs> you should say it anyway. Yeah, this, this I
2: probably shouldn't. So I'm just gonna. Sorry, okay. you can put it in our chat afterwards, and I'll say all this. So,
0: <laughs> everybody, be nice to the other people in your community. If you see somebody reacting poorly to things that you say to them about their factions, you should stop. There you go. And don't just be a jerk to new people when they pick a faction. If somebody says, I'm new to 40k, and I like Tower, or I like Elves, or I like Custodes, don't be mean to them yeah, about it. You can it.
1: encourage them to play Melee time
0: It's okay. You can got play can. them if you are not strong. <laughs> Alex Tau says, nah, you can hurt Custodi's players' feelings now if you have high strength and full rerolls because they can't pop Transhuman and Auspice at the same time. Fair.
2: I will toss mine out here just because I wanted to make sure I got it in good. Um, And this is more of a hilarious interaction that happened on another server. Uh, name yourself Valdor on Discord. And you will find the goddamn spam bots. <laughs> uh, and and you will find the true Custodius fans who believe that Valdor is the hero of the Imperium, and that it besmirches his name that some mere mortal should go by his name.
0: Okay, Custodius players, this is why people make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we want to? yes, Brian, blocking tactics was hilarious. Brian, Can we, we come have...
1: to the Temple War G T with us and play blocking tactics.
0: We have that was the fun, that was the most fun to list that I played against, though. When I was playing as Harlequins, getting charged by crisis suits to take an objective was the funniest thing that ever happened to me in my whole life because it worked, but it was also terrifying because that was not how I expected Tau to play at all. <laughs> all right, I think that'll
1: do it for us for the week.
0: I think so. I don't see any other questions. If anybody wants to sneak in a question, the next 30 seconds we'll answer it, but that's about it. Nobody should ever, under any circumstances, play White Scars in the
1: edition. It's not good, guys. Nobody wants to play. <laughs> swole. I, need, I need you all to know that that was so stressful for no goddamn reason.
0: <laughs> They're the swollest Harlequins, though. They have all the same. Roles it was more as like playing
1: orcs, but with none of the fallback mechanics. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if you've like, have you read the White Scar supplement? There is like, there aren't stratagems. You just show up and you're like, cool. So I'm going to use the Space Marine ones that sounds about right to be fair it's genuinely the most impressive did i've ever been with having a double move stratum that i never used
0: Did like, you take like plume and some other stuff did no, you take you any other relics you, can't, you no? can't take
1: any of them because you have government as your warlord ah uh, fair so he, like walks you out of it all so you're just like cool I don't get any Char- cool
0: stuff Charlie K. asks a question that I think we've talked about a little bit, which is, are we going to enter a vehicle in monster meta with changes to terrain and toughness? And some people mm-hmm. arguably say we're in a mo- vehicle in monster meta right now.
1: We kind it of we are. are. Um, let's wait and see what the points look like, because as always, that's the only thing that ever
2: matters.
0: Although points, m- full army rules. Minus one to wound How on a wraith knight seems kind of amusing. <laughs> I won't lie. It'd be funnier on a phantom. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you want to wound it on sixes all the time. That's fun. No, no, no! On a revenant. Ooh, never wounding on anything. Brian, Brian's sense.
2: got one of the one of those two.
0: Is that one under two thousand points? So you can feel that at a tournament. I think it's like seven hundred and fifty points. Ah, uh, so that's that's what I'm seeing is just some people bringing some three far and three titans, and just seeing how is,
2: it goes.
1: Brian, all I'm saying is a revenant is currently fifteen hundred, and you do own one.
0: No one three far seers and one revenant. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Minus three to minus three to wound. This will work, right? <laughs> definitely do something.
2: <laughs> I'm sure that GW didn't think about capping minuses to wound, right?
0: You can actually never wound it.
2: <laughs> no, no, because we know the critical wounds still exist. Ah, that's
0: true.
2: You were smiling so much as you print people's deployment zones into your personal vacation
0: home. That is the <laughs> that true was, happiness. That was quite funny. That is the true happiness of playing a fast army as deployment zones don't matter because you're just in them all the time it was when poor simon
1: poor simon killed one of my um <laughs> one of my vanguard <laughs> veterans so i charged his first 35 inches away <laughs> with those same vanguard oh. veterans. I was like hmm. i'm gonna
0: advance roll the four guess i'm going 20 inches that way regen at the front <laughs> plus three to charge this is my favorite though imagine the internet screech of custodians go to weapon skill, ballistic skill 3 in the faction focus because they get plus 1 to hit somewhere else in their like book they get plus (laughs) 1 to hit if
1: they're in the right guitar which is based on like what what orientation your units are in like if they're in the triangle formation or a line formation they're like doing a dance they're and gonna put them on the square the, bases yeah. so
0: they fit into old timey like phalanxes. Yeah. Are you in lance formation or
1: are you in a line or are you in <laughs> horizontal line, vertical line? custodies units have facings because they're all dancing about the board, doing their <laughs> guitars.
0: We don't want to talk anymore about Custode's players and their thoughts about things. We're just gonna keep moving forward. Let's close um, up shop
1: in There was plugs <laughs> earlier. Go and listen to them again if you're done. Um Nathan's gonna say bye bye now, like this. Bye-bye. Uh see you later.
0: Bye oh, bye For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.